today's title is Choose Joy. And the Lord has been wrecking me this past week with this whole title um, because, let me tell you why, I'm very transparent with people, and sometimes people don't understand that part of us, but we've always been that way in our ministry. I mean, since day one, even with our youth and um, different areas the Lord has had us minister from, and so um, I'm very real about myself because I figure when I receive that breakthrough, it's a breakthrough for other people. And so when they hear the stories or they hear the process of things, people don't tell you about the process of things. When we had our youth, um, they would interview the, these generals of faith, you know, and if I tell you some of their names, you'll know, you'll know them because they're very well-known people. But the one question they would always ask them is, um, when you first started, when you first came to the Lord, when you first started doing this and doing that, um, how is it that you've done so many years all the way till now? You know, how do you stay on fire for God was always one of the questions. How do you keep yourself ignited with the fire of God inside of you when, you know, life happens? What do you do when you have a bad day? What do you do when you're dealing with things and you're like, God, you know, you get to a place with the Lord and you're like, I, I have, I, I'm like, I have nothing else to give. So you fall at the feet of Jesus. And in history and in reading the word of God, you begin to see where man always comes to a place and they fall on their faces. And it says it over and over again, where you come to this place, it's like, I just fell on my face. They, it, it tells them there, every time they had an encounter, every time that they began to realize that God was doing something special with them, even in a city, in a region, they were always falling on their face. And I, I had my moment this past week of falling on my face. And I got to a point where I was like, God, I was like, I'm here. Like, I'm just going to fall on my face. Heidi Baker, I've always loved the way she said this, low and slow. And when, when she talks about the low and slow, she talks about the humility of when, when somebody has to get to, even in ministry, even as being a leader, of walking in humility. Because you get to a place and you're like, God, this is not what I chose. This is not what I picked. You know, I, I didn't send myself to Ohio. You send me here. I'm on an assignment. And I began to cry out to the Lord. And that's why even this morning the Lord was like, I can hear the cry of my bride. Have you ever had situations in your life and you're like just crying out to the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your being, and you're like, God, I just, I just need to be before you. I just need to be on my face, and I just need to be before you in my cry out to you. If you haven't, you should sometimes. It's not about the brokenness. It's not about getting to that place. It's about the intimacy with the Lord of, of such a, a vital piece of your life of humility with him that you get to, that you understand that you can't do anything else without him. And it's that state of humility, like, I can't turn left, I can't turn right, I can't make decisions right now until I hear from you. That's the cry. That's the cry of the bride. It's like, I'm going to keep crying, and I'm going to keep calling on you, God, until I hear from you. 
this past week, I had so many people reach out to me of decisions they had to make. And they were like, do I just do it or do I wait on the Lord? And I'm like, you wait on the Lord. It's harder for people to wait on the Lord and to have patience in waiting on him than it is to make a quick decision. And the enemy right now wants everybody to make quick decisions based on their circumstances and not by the spirit. And some, sometimes I've been getting emails from different people from different places, and they're like, I just feel so pressured to make a quick decision. And I'm like, that's not the Lord. The Lord doesn't make you feel pressured. He doesn't make you feel like you have to hurry up and do something. And so I'm in my moment, and I said, man, I said, I feel like I'm in my Nehemiah, Nehemiah moment. And if you know anything about Nehemiah, Nehemiah was called to be a builder. If there was anything he was called, he was called to build, but not just in a church or in four walls. He was called to be a builder for the city. He was called to be a builder for a region. He was originally called a minister. And as I'm, as I'm reading this, and I'm like, and I, I began to hear Nehemiah's heart on, on where he's at. And, and the walls of Jerusalem had just burnt down. And we can go read that in, let me pull up my little notes here. Because I was going back and forth with this a minute ago. Hold on, just one moment. Nehemiah has this cry, right, to the Lord. And he has this burden from the Lord. And it was so good because his, his mindset was to build according to God and not just for his self-gain. He was all about God and what God wanted him to do. And he feels this burden for Jerusalem because the gates were had just burned down with fire in Nehemiah 1.3. Let's go there for a moment. It came, let's go to 1-3, let me pull it up. I forgot my glasses today, so you have to excuse me. And they said to him, the survivors who were left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. And the wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. And here we are talking about this fire this morning. I, the worship team tapped into the spirit of what God's trying to do here in the region so well this morning. I was so excited because they're talking about this fire. And when the fire of God shows up to an area, it begins to refine things. It begins to break down everything else. And all that's left is what God wants. Even when we go to the Lord and we're like, God, just burn everything inside of me that's not of you. That's all that's left is what you've given me. That's where I was at this past week. I was like, God, whatever's inside of me that you didn't put there, just take it away. Just burn it away. And Nehemiah's heart, when he heard about this, these walls burning in Jerusalem, he had a burden of God to rebuild the walls to rebuild the gates, actually. And God right now in different regions is about the gates right now. He's about reestablishing the body again to assign people to be in prayer and to steward prayer for the guarding of the gates right now. 
I'm saying this prophetically because in the spirit, this is what's happening. I, I, the Lord has really been awesome about this. But I want you to capture Nehemiah's heart for a moment in Nehemiah 1.5. And this is his prayer to the Lord. And he said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments, please let your ear be attentive and hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants, and, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you, both my father's house and I have sinned. He didn't exclude himself. He said, look, we've made some bad decisions. There's been some things that went wrong, and I'm not excluding myself from that. I come to you in humility. I come with my face on the floor. And I say, man, there was mistakes that were made. God, please forgive us. And I came into this repentance with the Lord. And I just started looking at in the spirit regionally, where regionally we were at, and the repentance in that of regionally what God wants to do here and what God wants to do in the state of Ohio and how things have changed. And I said, I said, God, I said, and then it says, if we keep reading about Nehemiah and his heart, it says, both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinances. When you commanded your servant Moses, remember, this is where he's reminding the Lord. I pray the Lord that you commanded your servant Moses saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Now these are your servants and your people. This is where he's giving it back to God. He's like, these are your servants and these are your people. <laughs> and he says, in whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. Oh, Lord, I pray, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name. And let your servant prosper this day, I pray, and grant me mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. So this is his prayer. And I began to read that even last night. And I was like, man, Nehemiah's heart was so good. He didn't exclude himself from what was going on. He was like, man, if I'm at fa fault too, this is the humility part. If I'm at fault too for any of this going on, then forgive us all. We all repent. We all come in for asking for forgiveness, right? Because he has an assignment and a mandate of the Lord. And see, our normal flesh will begin to rise up inside of us. And I was talking to my husband about this. It goes back to what we know. It goes back to the comfort zone. It goes back to, oh, well, this is probably what I should be doing now because, you know, <laughs> this is what I know how to do. And the Lord's like, no, I want to do a new thing. There's something new that I want to do, but you can't let fear dictate to you to go back to what you've known before. And so many people aren't being led by the Lord 
you know, sending them to get new land and become more prosperous and to change their mindset, they're revolting back to what they used to know, what they used to do. And so they never gain the increase. They never step into that blessing because of the mindset. So Nehemiah goes and he goes before the king. And it's so powerful because he goes before the king and he's trying everything he can to hold back how he's feeling about this situation. You know, when you're feeling sad or something's bothering you, I don't know about you, but on me, like if I'm sad or I'm upset about something and I come around my family, they know right away. They're like, something's wrong with mom. I see it on her face. I see it in what, how she's talking. And the king sees Nehemiah and he's like, what's going on? What's wrong? Like, why are you, <laughs> why are you sad and why are you upset? And Nehemiah's like, you know, when you go before the king, sometimes we don't want to go before the king like that. Sometimes we don't want to go at our worst state that we're at. We tend to move away from him. We tend to run the opposite direction because we don't want him to see us in the worst part that we've been in. And God's like, no, that's when you're supposed to draw near. This is where you're supposed to draw near to the king in the spirit. I'm talking about the Lord. But Nehemiah is doing this in the natural, and he comes and he shares his heart and shares his burden for Jerusalem. And, and I mean, um, for, uh, yeah, for Jerusalem. And he comes to him and he's like, man, I just have this burden. And I can feel what the people are feeling there. And I just want to go. And I know I'm supposed to go with your, permi with your permission. And if you can send letters with me to let the people know that I, I'm going with your permission, with your consent, to go build there, to go be a part of that, then send me the letters so that way I can have favor there. So the king gives him these letters. And I thought this was so powerful because the Lord sometimes tells us, he told us to come to Ohio with an assignment and a mandate. And he says, you're on an assignment. You know, we're not called to be everywhere. Everywhere is chaotic. Making decisions based on yourself is chaotic whether you see it like that or not. But when you go somewhere and you're mandated by God to be there and you have an assignment, favor comes with you. They were talking about that this morning, about the favor of God coming in. The fire came in, then the favor came in. And I was like, God, this is so prophetic what you're doing, God. And so I, I, I go back, I, I'll just try to sum this up as quickly as I can. But we get to a point and he goes over there, and he has some struggle with the people there. They were questioning why Nehemiah was there. Nehemiah wasn't even from there. They're like, why are you coming into our town, our city? <laughs> you don't know anything about us. You don't know anything about what's going on here. And you're telling me you're coming to build this gate, rebuild the gates, bring restoration. You're telling me all these things, right? <laughs> And, and, <laughs> and you're telling me that, that the king sent you to do all this? You're telling me you have letters that are gonna, that's going to give you favor. So he goes in in the nighttime, and he checks out all the gates. I thought that this was so strategic, and this is a strategy of the Lord right now. He comes in, and he's checking out the gates, and he's trying to see which gates need restoration and repair and which gates of the city need to be rebuilt. 
This is where God has us right now, okay? So he comes in and he's and he and he checks out everything. Nobody knows why he's there yet. He hasn't told nobody. And people are like freaking out. They're like, why are you here? Like, why do you have a burden for this city? What you're not even from here. Like, who sent you? You see? But he came with the with favor of the Lord because he was given the letters. He was given the consent of the king to come in into that land and to take things, take possession over the gates again. The, the gates had burned down. You know, my husband and my sons, they play these video games that they love to play. And it's all about like war, right? <laughs> and they spend so much time building gates and the walls, right? So here comes Nehemiah trying to build this wall and trying to restore the gates. Because on your, when they play their games, if they don't have walls to protect their town or their city or however you call it, I don't know how you call it, but <laughs> I don't know the lingo of the gaming, but, <laughs> but if they don't have a, 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 some type of structure protecting their city or their town, the enemy will come in through the openings and attack them. He'll come right in and he'll do destruction to the area where those people are at. And so I'm like, <laughs> so here's Nehemiah coming in, not from there, being sent by the being sent by God, first of all, and then the king consented to it. So he comes in and he wants to restore things and rebuild the wall so that way Jerusalem can be protected again. And the burden that he has in his heart is for the people. And I really believe this past week, I went to this place with the Lord. And see, we automatically think, oh, this is me. You know, God, what's the matter with me? I got I to gotta get myself back into shape and be with God or pray or something. But I felt like hope defer in my heart. And I was like, God, Lord, where, where does this even come from? I had to take like a time out for myself. And I had to go before the Lord and I had to say, God, is this me or is this like something else? Because if it's me, I don't want to live in hope defer. So I go before the Lord. And then this morning he gets me up and he says, you know, that hope defer you were feeling this past week. He says, it's the burden for the cities and it's the burden for the state. And man, I just wanted just to weep this morning in the process of me getting dressed and coming here. Because, see, nobody can put a burden for people you don't know in your heart but God. I can go anywhere in the world, but if I don't have a burning in my heart for the people there, I will not be successful, and I will not bring transformation to the city or the state or the country there because I don't have that burning in my heart. And I went to the Lord, and I said, God, I give you all my heart, Lord. However conditioned my heart is, I give it all to you, God, that you can come in and touch my heart and cause it just to burn for you, God, that the burning of my heart, God, would be aligned with heaven in such a way that even this morning he woke up and he says, that hope defer your feeling is because that's what's there in the, in the region. You're feeling and you're picking up what's in the region. And something inside of me just leaped up. And I was just like, God, if this is how they feel, Lord, please help them. See, your, your stance begins to change 
because you feel something from God of how the people feel. And then you fall on your face and you cry out to God. The crying bride begins to cry out to God from a very deep, deep place in your heart. And you're like, God, this has never been about me, God. This has always been about you. And the place that I come from is a burning in my heart for the people that are from there, God. And that fire begins to get come up in your heart. And that burning in your heart begins to bring transformation to a town in a city because it's because of God. It's because he put that burning and that fire inside of you. Not because I chose it, but because he chose it. And so you got to get back to the place with the Lord. It's like, what are you speaking, God? What are you telling me to do, God? I can make any choice. It's all open. I can do whatever I want to do, God. And God's like, burn for me. Get on your face and burn for me. And as people begin to see you burn for me, they'll begin to catch fire. And they will begin to burn for me too. And everything of hope defer in their hearts. And everything that I, that's not of me will be burnt away. We've been in intercession every week here for this city, for the surrounding cities in this state. And I have such a burden in my heart for breakthrough for the state of Ohio right now that only God could put there. It's not something I can make up or, or wake up one day and say, oh, uh, I just want to go to Ohio and I just want to like live there and be cute and be there. No, it was like I woke up and God said, you're going to go to Ohio and there's going to be transformation. And you're going because I'm giving you the letters. And I'm, you're going to have favor with the people there. And there's going to be things and opportunities that are going to open up to you that you have no control over and that you can't do. He says, but you got to let me do it. It can't be your way. It's got to be my way. And right now, the body of Christ, I've just been on my face. And I said, the body of Christ is like this right now. Because they're going back to what they knew to be. When things are not going well, they're making choices based on hurt and wounds. And they're going back to what they knew to do because of fear coming in. And they're not getting their face on the ground to really hear what God is saying for them to do. And I said, God, God, we repent, God. We repent for whatever choices all of us have made. All the churches, all the ministries, all the people in Ohio that have made God, that has not come from a stance of burning for you, God. That it's come for self, self-want, self-gratification. Because you can say you have a building. Because you can say, you know that people were testing us when we moved from one building to the next? People were watching, and they were listening, and they wanted to see, oh, let's see what they're going to do now. Now that there's been transition, now that there's been change, let's see what they're going to do now. Let's see if their hearts were in it. See, because it's more than just a building with God. It's something that burns in your heart. And the Lord was reminding me of that this week. And he says, see, he says, there's certain people called to certain places. 
There's certain things that are to be done there with certain people. And I began to start to see the bigger picture of what God was doing. You know, when I first came here, Roboshiti, none of this is like on my notes or anything. This is like I'm letting the Lord do what he needs to do. And, and, and when I first got here, I was in the other building, and I remember being in this small sanctuary, and I had my eyes closed there, and there's like nobody there, and I worship in the word. And we're just praying for Ohio, and we're just going after it. And all of a sudden, I began to see the gates of Ohio. And all of a sudden, as I'm seeing the gates of Ohio, I see where the enemy was trying to take dominion over the gates. And all of a sudden, I'm like, in, I'm going through this encounter with the Lord, and everything inside of me wants to stop the enemy. Everything inside of me wants to rush to the gates and do whatever I can as me, like, <laughs> like if I'm going to be able to do something, right? And I'm like, I just want to run to that gate before the enemy takes it. I just want to run to this gate before the enemy takes it. I just want, and, and I'm going through this process in my spirit because I'm just so upset because the, the devil thought he could have it. And I began to see the, the soldiers of the enemy, and I can hear their feet stomping so loud on the ground. And they were with their chest bucked up, and it was like, like they had authority to be there. And I remember feeling everything and seeing everything in the spirit. And I remember in the encounter, I said, God, please, Lord, don't let them take the gates of Ohio. Don't let them come and take over the gates. Because if that happens, it's going to be really bad. And all of a sudden, in seconds, I tell you, the enemy was just about to get to those gates. And all of a sudden, the Lord comes in. And the army of the Lord arrives. And the angelic comes seconds before the enemy took the gate. And the angelic came and stood there and boldly stood there. And the enemy got scared. And then he couldn't move anymore. And he had to come to a halt. And he had to come to a, a stop in the spirit because he had no dominion and he had no authority and he had no rights to those gates. And when I saw that, I was like, God, yes. We're going to have victory, and we're going to win, God. And we're going to win the gates of Ohio, God. And there's going to be a fire that comes, and it's going to burn so deep in people's hearts. We have to get back to the place of being baptized with the holy fire of God. That's what I've been hearing. That's what I've been seeing. See, because when I go around just saying whatever, and I don't have revelation of Holy Spirit and the fear of God is not in my bones, then I begin to make decisions that's not good for a city, that's not good for a state, that's not good for our, even our ministry. I start making decisions on what I knew how to do instead of going on to the new thing of what God has for me to do this season. And I'm really going backwards instead of moving forward. <laughs> you know that Nehemiah's name means, it means comforts? That's what Nehemiah means. He was going to Jerusalem to comfort the people because they had been in so much chaos and distress. I was like, I read that and I was like, wow, God, you make no mistake. 
you are in every single detail of our lives, that you would send this random guy who didn't even, wasn't even from there, and his name meant comfort, and comfort went. What is comfort? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is our comforter right now. God wants to be our friend. I cried out and I said, God, I said, I don't have nobody who I could call right now, but I'm calling on you, God, and I need you to be my friend right now. I need somebody just to hear me out and listen to me and hear my heart and not twist and turn what I'm trying to say, but that really hears the depths of my heart of what you're speaking right now. And I began to sit there and I cried out as a crying bride unto the Lord. And I just, I just saw it so symbolic of the cry of the bride. You know, when, when I'm at home in the natural and my husband sees me crying, he gets very upset. Because the one thing he tells me all the time is, I hate to see you cry. I hate to see you upset. I hate to see you go through things. And I'm like, if he feels like that, can you imagine the Father of Heaven? when he sees us sad or upset or going through things, but the devil will come and lie to you and make you think that God doesn't even care for you at that moment. And that's what he's been doing with the body. He's like, you're hurting, but, you know, God's not going to do anything for you. You're wounded, but God's not going to do anything for you. God has left you. You're all alone. What are you even doing there? Who do you think you are? What kind of authority do you think you carry that you can overthrow what the enemy is doing? These are things the enemy comes and tells us. And we have to come back with the truth of the Father and who we really are. I tell you all this process. <laughs> I'm getting somewhere. <laughs> Nehemiah goes. He, he, he gets the people there to help him because remember he had the letters. And all the people from the different areas began to help him, that began to help him restore the gates, and they built the wall in Jerusalem so the people could be safe there again. And all of a sudden, when he when he goes there, they find the Bible again. The people had forgotten what the Lord, what God Himself had said, and they find the Bible. And the people don't understand the writings on there because they didn't speak the language. And here comes this guy. I'm going to pull it up so I can tell you where exactly to go read on it because I have all my notes, but I forgot my glasses, so have mercy, have grace on me today. <laughs> if you read the names of the gates, they're incredible. It's like the water gate, the sheep gate. I mean, I think there's so much more in here. I didn't have time to go into all that. But the gates and their names were just so powerful. I mean, it even the first gates that he visited was uh, the serpent well. I was like, isn't that prophetic? That the first thing the enemy wanted him to go to was the serpent well. If you go read in the first chapter, it talks about the, the two different gates he visited first. It was a serpent well and it was another one. And I said, that's deception. That's the very first thing that was presented to him. And then after that came the water and the sheep and all these wonderful gates. And I was like, God, can you imagine if he would have just stopped at, like, the serpent well? Like, man, I don't want to have anything to do with this. Like, where did you send me, God? <laughs> I'm just being real. 
<laughs> and then the Lord comes in and he's like, wait, there's more. <laughs> there's other gates that have living water. There's other gates that have really good things. Just wait. Just wait and see. And so Nehemiah goes and they find the Bible and he reminds the people of what God has spoken in the time of Moses. What was, what was the one thing Moses had the encounter with with the Lord? The burning bush. It was the fire of God that he had the encounter with that the people began to be reminded of who Moses was and what the ancestors had spoken in times before over Jerusalem. So here we go. The people, they get jacked up in the spirit because they can feel God. And something happens supernaturally to the people that all of a sudden they feel remorse in their hearts and they feel bad about their decisions. And here they are and they begin to weep and they begin to mourn all at the same time because they feel like, God, what were we thinking? All of a sudden, their eyes opened up. All of a sudden, this transformation began to happen in their hearts. And they're like, man, what were we thinking? Like, we got to get back to that place. So all of a sudden, here comes Nehemiah. Let's turn to 8.10. I, lo I love this verse. It's so good. It says, well, let's start on nine. And Nehemiah, who was the governor Ezra and priest and scribe and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord, your God. Do not mourn nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. They were hearing the word of God. Then he said to them, go your way. Eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those from, for who have nothing to prepare for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We read that all the time. Like we have all these plaques everywhere. The joy of the Lord is our strength. But look how deep where that saying came from. That it came from a, 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 a chapter in the Bible where Nehemiah is burdened with this heart for the people there. And then he shows the people, look, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Let's refocus. Let's recap. Let's repent. Let's go before God together in unity. And let's see what God really wants us to do. And the people began to mourn and weep. And here comes Nehemiah and he says, Wait, there's more. I want you to have a celebration. I want you, people that don't have, go give it to them. I want you to come collectively together. And I want you to come in unity. And I want you to have a celebration. And there will not be any mourning or weeping anymore. They won't be, there won't be any more chaos in this land anymore. There won't be any more lack of anything anymore. Because God's here now. And because things have been restored and walls have been built to create safe places for people of God again. That's the way I saw that. I'm bringing it to a now time. Back then they built the wall. But right now people are looking for safe places to go to. 
where they can be protected and feel safe there to to gurgitate all the mess that the enemy's been lying to them about. And it's like, it's so powerful. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And if we go on to verse 11, it said, so the Levites quieted all the people saying, be still. For the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were being declared to them. That's what we did this morning. We started to declare in the atmosphere what God wanted to do. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It's very deep, that one saying. The enemy keeps us from our joy because he knows we'll be strengthened. And it has to be a choice that you make today. My mom, she was an orphan, and she always had an orphan mentality. Everybody's against me. Everybody's out to get me. Everybody wants to, you know, do things to me. That's the orphan mentality. But when you understand you're a child of God, you don't think that way anymore. You think you can declare, you can proclaim, you can shift things, you can transform things. There's a move of Holy Spirit that wants to come in, and your perspective begins to change. You pray over your monies. You pray over things. You begin to declare things over your house, over your family. And then you begin to see God come in with great favor and begin to shift and move things on your behalf. So they had to, so my mom, she went through this process. And I remember always telling my mom, Mom, God doesn't want you to be sad or hurt or wounded or always think everybody's against you. You've got to come to a point in your life where you choose you choose joy. You have to make a choice to be happy. When you get up in the morning, if it's not in you to be happy about the circumstances you're around, you do the bride cry. That's a new thing for me. Right now. I'm going to do the bride cry. I'm going to cry out to God and I'm going to say, "Lord, I don't feel joyful right now, but give me your joy." That's what's going to strengthen us. And sometimes you don't feel like doing things. Sometimes you don't feel like praying. But you do the bride cry. And you say, God, I don't feel like praying right now. But can you help me pray? Can you give me your strength and give me joy to pray? Can you give me joy to persevere through every obstacle? Can you give me joy that gives me strength to take care of my family? Can you give me joy that gives me strength for a city and a state and then the nations of the world? Can you give me strength and your joy in that? See, because the enemy always wants to keep us down, that we don't understand the joy of the Lord. And I was there, and I was reading this, and I was like, God, we don't even understand how powerful the, the strength that comes in his joy this is our celebration time, people. A long time ago, we did this interview with somebody, and I was getting wrecked on like Wednesday night or like two, yeah, Wednesday night here when I was here, because this this minister, <laughs> she said when things started getting rough, she says I had to allow the Lord to come in and change things for me, and when the enemy was coming hard at me. She said the Lord would tell her to sit down, 
and have a bowl of ice cream. <laughs> just sit down and watch me work, and you just have some of my goodness, and sit down and have a bowl of ice cream. And I was laughing because I did not know that this Sunday the kids were having their ice cream party. I hadn't put the two to two together like I wasn't even there yet. And when they told me that, they're like, oh, don't forget that, you know, t this Sunday's the kids' ice cream party. And I was like, I just, I wanted to like lay on the floor and cry to God, really. Because I, rem I was taken back to that time. And I know right now the Lord is saying, give me an opportunity to come in. Give me a chance to come in and do what you can't do. Let me work things out on your behalf. The battle is not ours, it's the Lord's. That's what he says. So because he says that, we, we, you know that we don't give him enough opportunity to come in on our behalf? We automatically feel like we have to make it happen. We have to do something out of our flesh to make it happen. And the Lord's like, if you just give me an opportunity to come in with favor and change things for you, then you'll begin to see my hand. What came in the, over the people? The hand of God came upon them. The hand of God is wanting to be released right now over your house, over you, over your family, over circumstances that you have no control over. And he's like, if you just let my hand come above you, if you just let my hand come in and do what I need to do, and strengthen you with my joy and make things happen on your behalf. Don't be quick to make decisions. Don't say, oh, well, I'm hurt and I'm, I'm offended and, 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 and I'm into my weak state right now. So I'm just going to pack up my things and I'm going to go do this and I'm going to go do that. Let me tell you, the enemy will drag you as long as you let him. He'll drag you around in your mind. And he'll make you feel like you have no other choice but to do that. But you have to have be grounded in the, in, the, in the word of the Lord because the word of the Lord is powerful. And when they heard the word of the Lord, when they heard it in their ears that day, something happened inside of them. There was a transformation and a change that occurred that day that it stuck with them. Didn't mean the trials didn't come still. Didn't mean that they didn't have problems still. But it meant they had something of foundation that they could depend on the Lord and trust in him in such a way that it began to give them joy and strength. And they had a celebration. You know how angry it makes the enemy when you're happy, when he wants you to be sad? You know how mad it makes the enemy when you're like in celebration and party time like these kids over there right now and he's like boom, 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 plundering and plundering you with all kinds of mess and junk and reports and all this stuff. And, and the Lord's like, what? You're having a party? You're in celebration? You're in joy right now? Like really? What I did didn't even affect you? Let's just stand for a moment this morning. I'm being serious. We were driving, me and Pete. I don't even remember where we were going. But we're driving, and all of a sudden, I just hear my husband say, he says, I just felt the joy of the Lord. I just felt the love of the Father. 
And he didn't even know what I was going to share on or anything. And he's saying this to me. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're so good. You're so good. It's time to have some ice cream this morning. It's time to sit down and sit before the Lord in his goodness and eat and drink the sweetness that he has for us and take in all that he has. Man, you got to go read it. Go, I'm telling you, go, go read Nehemiah. I'm serious. There's parts in there that I didn't even get to touch on. It's so deep, the process that Nehemiah went through with the people there. See, some of us don't want to go through the process. But he's taking us through the process. And it's the process of the fire of God. Because he's baptizing our heart with his fresh fire right now. And when you get baptized with the fresh fire of God, it shoots up in your bones in such a way that you can't even be still. You want to leap and jump and speak about God to everybody and his goodness to everybody. So yeah, some of us have dying of our flesh to do. I'm just being honest. I've been going through the process myself. God tells me, be quiet, don't speak on that. Keep your mouth shut. I'm being serious. That's the time we're at right now. It's like I cannot turn left, I cannot turn right unless he tells me to. I cannot open my mouth unless he allows me to. And he'll tell me. And I've gotten to the point where I'm just, I'm hearing all this stuff and I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. Because if what I say isn't glorifying you and isn't bringing honor to you and people are not seeing your heart through me of what you want to do in this region, it's not worth me saying what Alice has to say over a situation when there's such a bigger thing that God wants to do regionally here in the state of Ohio and in the city of Bryan and in the city of Napoleon and in the city of Archibald and all these little towns surrounding because when that fire begins to hit, they're going to catch wind of it. I'm looking at Carol and I'm reminded Carol walked out one day out of her house and she began to see a fire a, a, a building on fire with an open vision God is speaking he wants to catch this town he wants to catch the cities around here and the towns around here and the state of Ohio on fire again but guess what it's going to take us going through the baptism of the holy fire ourselves dying to our flesh dying to wanting to be depressed or sad choose joy today choose to be excited choose to be happy choose and and you're like but my circumstances didn't change it didn't change for them either they still built the wall they still made sure the gates were restored. You know what they had to do? Let me give you a quick picture of what it looked like with Nehemiah and his crew, okay? Because this was so powerful. Nehemiah has his group there, and they're like repairing the gate. So you can imagine in the natural, repairing a gate. There weren't little gates. There were huge gates. It wasn't a little bitty wall. It was a huge wall. And they're there with all their warrior equipment on. 
They're there with their sword hanging from the side. They've got their shield in their arm. And then guess what? <laughs> Nehemiah tells them. I thought it was so prophetic, even us having the roboshi tarabashiti, that sound of the horn this morning. Because Nehemiah told them, when the enemy comes and they want to attack, because see, they weren't happy Nehemiah was there to build. There's a lot of people not happy that we're here to build. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> they weren't happy Nehemiah was there. <laughs> but <laughs> he told them, when the enemy comes and he wants to attack any of us that are repairing the gates and the wall, trying to do this wall, sound the trumpet so we can all gather together. And the enemy won't have his way. And I was like, oh my God, even everybody coming up this morning, they, everybody came up together and the, the sounding of the horn. And I was like, this is so good, God, you're messing me up. It's like the, the, the sound of the trumpet, the sound, the sound, the sound. What is heaven saying this morning? What is he speaking to you and I? And are you willing to go before the Lord with your face down and say, God, I just want to burn for you, God. Chaos can be going around me. Disunity can be going around me. Bad things can be happening, God. But I still want to stand on my face, God, and I'll go to the lowest part, God, because of the people here, God, because of the love of the people here, God. That it doesn't matter what I look like. I can be all cut up and I can be a mess, God. But what matters to me most, God, are the people, Lord. What matters to me the most are the people, Lord. And I'll get on my face, God. And I'll repent, God. And I'll do everything I have to do, God, just to see transformation come to a city, come to a nation, God and you get the glory and you get the honor God because <laughs> it was never about any one of us <laughs> God I pray Lord right now Lord I pray Lord that your all consuming fire God begin to capture our hearts again God that the fear that you give us God consuming fire God would begin to encounter us again God that when we read our word God when we hear your word God that it would do something in our hearts of change God that we won't stay the same God God I cry out to you God on behalf of the people of Ryan God I cry out to you God <laughs> on behalf of the people of Archibald, God, I cry out to you on behalf of the people of Napoleon, God. God, I cry out to you on the behalf of the people of Stryker, God, that you come and baptize their hearts with fire again, God, that your ever, ever burning fire would come and hit their hearts again, God, that they begin to look to you again, God. <laughs> and 
and that you give them joy again, God. In the burning, they will have joy again. <laughs> you know, when a grass or a <laughs> something gets burnt, you know, the green growth of that thing is more greener and more beautiful than it was before. <laughs> when we come out of this burning, let me tell you, we're going to come out looking more like Jesus and sounding more like Jesus than we ever have before. And sometimes it scares people, but you know what? <laughs> I'd rather look like him more than anything else in this world. I want to move in his character, and I want to move in his nature. And I want to do and say, WWJD is me right now. I'm telling you, what would Jesus do? And I'm like, stamp me, God. Stamp me, God. What would you do? What would you say? Let me not just speak because I can speak, but what are you speaking through us, God? Even your prayer life will begin to change. Because then you're not just praying for things you're seeing in the natural, but you go to this deep place with the Lord and you're like at his feet. And you're like, what do you want me to pray for, Lord? What do you want me to say? Fill my mouth, fill my belly. Oh, choose joy today. Let him serve you up his sweetness. Let's celebrate Jesus today. <laughs> The gates are being guarded. I feel like I need to say that. The gates are going to be guarded by the angelic, by the kingdom of God. The walls are going to be put again into cities that bring protection to the people. And I'm telling you, God is bringing this all-consuming fire that people are not ready for. And when it comes, let me tell you, it's going to bring so much transformation to a city and a state that they're going to have no choice but to be on their face again. Because we're nobody and we're nothing without our king. That's why he needed the letters. God, if you send me, I'll go, God. But if you're not sending me, I'm not going to go, God. If you're telling me to do something, I'll do it, God. Give me the letters. Give me the consent a favor that when I get there, the land has to respond to heaven. The people have to respond to heaven. Some of you need some joy this morning, because I'll jump in by myself. <laughs> I can't get enough of joy from the Lord. I'm serious. I can't. And I need all the strength that I can get from the Lord right now. I don't know about you. I need strength for my family. I need strength to do what he's told me to do here. See, there's, there's, no, there's no fakeness here. I'm just very real. I need all the strength of the Lord that he can give me. 
I'll be like a sponge and I'll suck up all the strength with the joy of the Lord. If you need joy or you need strength this morning, come up and receive what God has for you. <laughs> Anybody wants a drink of his sweetness? 